tonight I want to talk about something uh, about about being somebody significant, right? So being something like I call it a groundbreaker, right? So we all have, all dream dreams, right? We always sort of watch people talk or we see people on TV and we think, how cool would it be to be somebody significant, right? Somebody doing amazing things. Can anyone relate to that? Yeah, right. You're going to do amazing things, but sometimes we think it's too hard to get to. It's too hard to achieve. How how can little old me get to be someone significant, right? It's quite hard. So what I did was I thought I'll do a little bit of research into this and what those kinds of people are like. So I've got what I call some famous faces. We should have a slide of famous faces. All right, famous faces. Does everybody recognize those people? Yeah? So we've got Michael Jackson, right, who was the king of pop. Right, so this guy, known by everybody, um, people know him for his music, for uh, the moonwalk. What else do they know him for? He revolutionised plastic surgery, um, changing the colour of his skin, all of that kind of thing. He was out there, right? We've got Albert Einstein, and he was a pas- was passionate about philosophy and physics, and changed how uh, many things were seen in the world. What's his most famous little little thing? That's right, E equals MC squared, which is energy, mass, speed of light, just so you know that. Oprah Winfrey, she is, uh, she was, um, I don't know if I've got the stat right, but maybe I do. She was uh, America's um, first African-American billionaire. Did you know that? That's pretty impressive, right? Billions and billions of dollars gave away cars. Then we have Justin Bieber. Now, you may or may not like Justin Bieber, but one of the things that's interesting about Justin Bieber is that he didn't make it to success the way we think people make it to success. He was so passionate about being successful in the music industry that he taught himself how to play multiple instruments, put himself onto YouTube so that he could be found, then was found when he was quite young and now travels around the world making a fool of himself and doing wrong things and singing songs as well. And then we have Steve Jobs. Does anybody know who this guy is? Right, what's he famous for? Apple. We pretty much every house, every person in the Western world has an item that he has been part of designing or influencing or being part of. And then we have the Don, Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump is a unique man. As well as being extremely wealthy, he's also the President of the United States. Right Now, whether you like these people, you hate these people, you agree with what they do, you don't agree with what they do, they are groundbreakers. They are influential people doing amazing things no matter how you look at it. They are passionate about what they do and they make waves, they change things. Right? They are groundbreakers. They are groundbreakers. In Genesis 1, right, the very start of our Bible, the first book of the Bible, it tells us about God, right? He's the ultimate big thinker. He's the ultimate groundbreaker. It talks about creation and how he created the world and the stars and the moon and everything we see. He thought it up, he said it, 
and it was, right? So he's the, the first ever groundbreaker. He's the first ever big thinker. He's the biggest of them all. Everything you've ever seen, rain, wind, animals, everything, he created those, right? So never been seen before, God created them. Big thinker. And then as we read through this creation story in Genesis, and I encourage you to read it, right, through Genesis 1, we see that each time that God created something, he would say it was good. Right? But then, so he would say, oh, I've created the trees, and he'd go, oh, oh that's good. Right? And then he would go, but I want more. Right? He wanted very good. So he would always create something, and then he'd go back and he'd keep creating, and he'd keep creating until he got very good. So we're going to read through a little bit of the section. If you've got a Bible in your hand, Genesis 1, first book of the Bible, and flick through to verse 26. When you get there, yell, holla. No? Okay, don't. That's it. That's the spirit. Is everyone there? Got it? Genesis 1, first book. Got it. All right, good. Verse 26 says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock of, uh, of all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then let's skip down to uh, verse 31. And it says, And God saw that everything he had made, and behold, it was very good. Right? So he decided that once he had made you and me, boys and girls, he was then very happy with what he had, right? He said, this is very good. Now, when we read this, we think it's like God's saying, I'm finished now, right? He's created everything that we see, everything that we see when we're walking around, everything we can imagine, stars in the sky, all of that. And we think, oh, he's finished. But he wasn't finished. He was merely handing the baton over to you and me. See, God said that we are created in his image. And if God is the original big thinker, the original breaker, then, then that means that you are too, right? Because you're created in his image to innovate and to chase more and to think bigger and to go further and to create things and to, to dream big and to imagine for more, right? Do you agree? If we are created in his image and he is the original big thinker, the original groundbreaker, then that would go to say that we should be too, yeah? So often we'll think that how could I do anything big? How could I do anything significant? I'm just like... I'm just here and I, I just go to school in Port Lincoln and people don't really notice me that much and I kind of like, how could I possibly be like Justin Bieber or, or Oprah Winfrey? It'd be hard for me to be like Oprah Winfrey, but ha, do you know what I'm saying? We think that way, but God created you and he created me and it says that he created us in his image. That means he has empowered you and he's empowered me to do amazing things, but we just have to wrap our head around that. Yeah? You're with me so far. So 
in his image, we're created. So we're created to be groundbreakers. So how do I know if I'm a groundbreaker or I'm walking in it? How would I possibly do that? Great question. We're going to run through that. I've got a couple of points for you note takers with your notepads next week. So you'll have to remember it and write the notes down. All right, you ready? This is how you know that you are becoming, being a groundbreaker. This could change your world. If you can step into how God created you to be, you can think big, dream big, plan for more, plan for bigger than you could ever imagine. So whatever your dream is, so God created the stars in the sky, right? And if you're created in his image, that means you can do some pretty impressive stuff, yes? But we have to harness that. So number one, groundbreakers have a fire in their heart that drives them to pursue what others think is impossible. Groundbreakers will pursue things that others think are impossible. When you think of those faces that you're seeing up on the screen, and Oprah Winfrey and Donald Trump and Justin Bieber, these guys did stuff that most people, they do stuff that most people think is impossible, that you could never, the average person couldn't achieve. But I'm going to challenge that thinking because I reckon you guys can achieve it. We just need to, we need to tap into what God's created us to be. So we need to pursue the things that burn in our heart. And I'll give you an interesting uh, or a little example of this. When I first met my wife, her name's Christy, I met her, uh, I wasn't long out of jail. I'd been to jail for a long time and I met her at church. I was going to church and uh, I took her to a really fancy restaurant. It was called the Sun Hin Chinese Restaurant in Armadale. It was really not fancy, but it was all I could afford at the time. And we were sitting, uh, having, having dinner, and um, she was asking me about what I wanted with my life, right? What I saw for my life, what my dream was. And I said to her, I want to be a pastor one day. I want to pastor a church one day. And she actually looked at me and said, how are you possibly going to do that? You've just gotten out of jail. It's impossible, right? Like, there's no way that was going to happen. All the people I'd known from the past, they mocked me anytime I said that I'm going to be a pastor of a church one day. They're like, no, nah, you couldn't. You are way, way too far gone. You've done way too many bad things. But I wouldn't let it go. I would not stop. I just said, I'm going to be a pastor one day. And it didn't happen straight away, but I hang... I just hung on to this dream that God had put in my heart of being a pastor one day. I'm just going to do what it takes. I went to Bible college and I studied and I kept working. I was a, a carpenter, like building uh, cabinets and furniture and stuff. And I'd work at that and then I'd, I'd volunteer at church. And I just kept doing everything I can do. And it, didn't, it took ages to happen, like years and years and years. So I was, from that moment with my wife, it was probably 10 years went past, Eight years went past before I even got an opportunity to do anything significant in the church. But I had a burning desire to do what everybody else thought was impossible. And so if you get a passionate thing on your heart that everybody else says you can't do, but you know it's something that God wants you to do, then I want you to hang on to that and keep pursuing it until you achieve it because that's what groundbreakers do. Good? Good. Number two. You ready? Number two. Groundbreakers create a new normal. They create a new normal. Have you guys heard the story of David and Goliath? So there's this story, I'll run you through it, of uh, this 
this giant man who is mocking the army, right? You've got two armies on each side of a little gully and this giant guy comes out and he's mocking the other army and he's going, come on, any one of you pick your best warrior, come and fight me, come and fight me, you're all scared, you're all this, you're all that and nobody wanted to fight this guy. They're going, he's a giant, no man could possibly take him one-on-one, it just couldn't be done, it, it, it just doesn't happen, he's too big, he's a giant, nobody can do it. This little fella, David, comes out and says, hey, I'll do it. I'll put my hand, God said I can, God said I'll do this, so I'm going to do it, I'm going to have a go at it. And even, even David's family was saying, dude, just back off, man, you're never going to achieve this, how could you possibly do it? Just, just go away, you're not going to be able to beat the giant, it's impossible, right? But David wouldn't let up because he believed that God had told him that he would be part of this amazing thing that was going to happen, so he kept pursuing it, right? And, and he takes on this giant, right? And he goes down and he's walking towards him and he ends up with his, with his uh, ging, his stone-throwing little thing and hits this guy in the face and knocks him out and then goes up and he chops his head off. If you read the story, people usually miss this part of the story. I don't know why, maybe because it's a little bit gruesome. But he chops off the head of the giant and stands and holds it up, right? I was victorious over the giant. He beat this giant. Now, I know what you're saying. You go, oh, okay, cool. So he won, right? So how's that? creating a new normal. Well, when somebody does something that previously seemed impossible, it leaves a legacy of faith for the next people. Because now it has been done. Before it was thought that it was impossible to do. But once you see it done, you go, oh, well, if he can do it, well, maybe I can do it. Which is why I come and I'll share my story about how uh, I had a troubled teenage years and got into drugs and went to jail and all of that but now God has changed me and my life's going pretty well right that I tell people so they can go well hang on if if it can happen for him maybe it can happen for me too and when we read this story when you're saying how did David create this new normal by killing Goliath we read in first chronicles right first chronicles uh in chapter 20 it's talking about uh, David, he's no longer the shepherd boy, this little boy. He's now leading armies into battles, right? Uh, they've just overthrown uh, this city. Uh, and then the, there's this really exciting part. Who can find 1 Chronicles 20? 1 Chronicles 20, for those with your Bibles. And if you don't have it, I think it'll be on the screen anyway. Oh, zing. 10 points. <laughs> very good. Anyone else? It's on the screen. <laughs> very good. All right. 1 Chronicles 20 verse 4 says this, And after this there arose war with the Philistines at Giza. These have got really big words in there, so I just say them how I think they sound. Then Sipakai, the Hushethite, struck down Sipai, who was one of the descendants of the giants, and the Philistines were subdued. And there was again war with the Philistines. And Elahanan, the son of Jer, struck down Lamai, the brother, the brother of Goliath, right? Um, the, the brother of Goliath, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. I've never seen a weaver's beam, so I have no idea what that means. I'd say it means big. And there was again a war at Gath. 
where there was a man of great stature, a giant, who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in number. In case you don't know how to add up those numbers, they give you the answer. It's biblical, 24 in number. And he also was a descendant was descended from the giants. And when he taunted Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimeah, David's brother, struck him down. These were descended from the giants in Gath, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. David took the challenge to take on Goliath, something that had never been done. Right? It was too big. It was impossible. But David took on the challenge and defeated the giant. Then it goes on to tell us how since that moment that he took down the giants, these other guys just kept taking down giants. Now it was possible. You could do it. It could be done. So they started to take down giants. He created a new normal. So groundbreakers create a new normal. And my last point, number three, groundbreakers chase dreams. They chase dreams. I'll tell you about this guy. His name's Cliff Young. Real guy in 1983. Cliff Young, he was 61 years old and he was a farmer, right? So he wasn't young, old fella, and he was a farmer. And they have this race, this running race, right? And it's an endurance running race from Sydney to Melbourne, which is about 875 kilometres they run this race. Running race, right? Crazy, yeah? I don't know why anybody would want to do that. It's considered the toughest race in the world, and usually the competitors are about 30. They're in their 30s. They've been training for this. They're sponsored by Adidas and Nike and got all their fancy gear on and, and all of this stuff. <clears throat> and when Cliff went to the sign-up desk in his overalls and work boots, they mocked him and said, you can't possibly be in this race. You couldn't possibly do it. And Cliff was like, yes, I can. I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chase this dream because this is something I've dreamt of doing. Now, these other guys had trainers and they had you know, professionals telling them how they had to breathe and how they had to eat and what they needed to wear. And he was in his overalls and his work boots. And he was like, and they're like, how do you think you're possibly qualified or trained to do this? Cliff went on to say that they're so poor on their farm that when there'd be storms and lightning would come and they needed to round up the sheep really quick and pull them to the sheds or whatever, he would run to round them up. He would just keep running. So that's how he trained on his farm, by herding sheep, by running through the fields. Right? So Cliff had decided he wanted to be part of this. Now this race, they would spend five or more days, right? these guys running. Right? So they'd run for about 18 hours with their support vehicles and all of that. Then they would stop and sleep, eat and sleep for about six hours. But Cliff didn't know that because he didn't have a trainer. He didn't know how it was done. And when they asked his, what his strategy was, right? So they were reporters and they asked him, what's your strategy? And Cliff's actual strategy, you can look it up and he gets interviewed and he said, oh, I'm going to run from here to the finish line. That was Cliff's strategy. Like all these other guys are going, well, I'll run at this pace for this long and do all this and eat this and then I've got this protein bar for that and then I'll change my shoes. And, and Cliff just goes, I'm going to run from here to the end and see what happens, right? So they get ready to start 
and they get there and they're all lined up and they're all there. You know, you've seen the runners and they're on the thing and they hold their watches because they want to time themselves how fast they're going and they all take off, click, hit their watches and they run and, and, and they all sprint off and they've got their strategies and Cliff was 61 years old, remember? He's not an elite athlete. He's a farmer with no training, but he had a dream to run this race, right? And Cliff is shuffling along, just shuffling along. Now, remember, Cliff didn't have a strategy. He didn't realize that the other guy's strategy was to run for 18 hours and then sleep for six hours. So what Cliff did is Cliff just kept running. Everybody else ran for 18 hours and would stop for six and sleep. Cliff just kept shuffling along, shuffling along, shuffling along. Completely unorthodox, completely different to how anybody else did it. But over the time period, over the days, he started to catch the other guys. By day three, he had passed the other guys. Because Cliff didn't know that you were supposed to stop and sleep. Cliff just kept shuffling along shuffling along 61 year old cliff kept shuffling along cliff finished this race in four days beat everybody by like a day and a half hit a world record surpassed anybody else's possible dream of winning this race with that kind of a time or anything like that 61 years old no sponsorship no strategy but cliff had a dream and he wanted to chase that dream at the end of the race they come up to Cliff, he's on the podium, they give him a check for $10,000. In 1983, that was more than what it seems now. It was a lot of money. Cliff was shocked. He didn't even know he was going to win any money. They're like, why did you do it? And he goes, I just dreamed of running in the race. Never dreamed of winning it, never dreamed of getting anything for it. So he shared the money with the other competitors. Cliff had a, a dream and he chased the dream. So I'm here today to tell you that you can do the same thing. It doesn't have to look how everybody else does it. You don't have to do it the same way. You don't have to have the same strategy. You don't have to have a trainer. You don't have to have the right equipment. You just have to have a dream, a burden in your heart and trust that God can do it with you. Partner with God and don't let it go. And you can be a groundbreaker too. Yes? Who wants to be a groundbreaker? Amen. I do. Let me pray for you guys as we finish up. Father God, I thank you for these groundbreakers. I thank you for these mighty men and women who are going to change this world. Lord, I pray that you put a burden on their heart to, to create a new normal, to, to chase their dreams, to do new things, to do big things, Lord. I pray that these dreams are so big that they intimidate those that are around them, Lord, but that they just grab it, pursue it, and change what is in their area. Lord, let them be the, the world changers in this generation. Bless them abundantly. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Very good.